0: Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. How we doing? We good? Man, listen, that bass hits good. I don't dance, but if I dance, that'd be a good spot right there during that video to hit it. Uh, But I don't, so I'm not. But if you want to, feel free anytime you hear that to let it, uh, let it rip roar there. But uh, hey, we're glad you're here. We're thankful that you're here. If you're in the room, you're watching online, welcome to you. What a special day it is. We're going to talk, talk about that in the next few minutes. But I know today, just the date on the calendar is a significant day in the history of our nation. And uh, in the pre-service, it was, we had a slide up there for 9-11, and it's been 21 years, which is crazy that it has been. But I, I've been thinking a lot this week about first responders, thinking about their role at 9-11 in New York and Washington and Pennsylvania. Recognizing that this past week a couple of officers in Cobb County lost their life, and uh, I just want to say publicly, from our church family, from from me and Corey and our family, how thankful I am for first responders and those who serve in the military, and just give of themselves. Those that are a part of our church, those in our community, we have some amazing people that, uh, when when chaos is happening and people are running away, they run too, and I'm thankful for that. Can we just put our hands together and thank them today? And I'm thankful that you're here today, thankful that you chose to be a part of uh, Generations Church today on this Sunday morning. And let me just say quickly, it wasn't in the video that you just watched, but over the next two weeks, we're going to have a really special kind of content that we're going to deliver over the next two Sundays. I know it's fall break for Cherokee County Schools, and so if you're going somewhere, we're jealous, but if you're staying here, be here these next two Sundays. Uh, We're going to look at the topic of honor we're gonna talk about on the, the next two Sundays just this idea of what honor is, who we should honor, and maybe who we shouldn't honor, and how that how that plays out in Scripture. So I encourage you to be with us over these next two Sundays. It's gonna be a really, really special time together. But today is an awesome Sunday here at Generations Church. It's missions Sunday. It's an opportunity for us every single year to kind of set some time aside to reflect on what God has done through us and our giving, but really just through the the work of God and amazing partners, both locally and globally and it's under, on our staff team, it's under the leadership and direction of Garrett Snyder. He leads this local and global missions effort, and so I'm thankful for that, and you're going to hear a lot of stats and stories and numbers, and just so you know, because this always comes up when we start talking about anything related to finances, if you have a question about our finances, one of the best places to start is in Discovery Track, so that actually is happening today at 11 o'clock, so you're in a great spot, because you could just attend this service and then go to step one of Discovery Track. We talk about church finances in that step one. But we also uh just anytime that you have a question, you come to one of our staff members, you come to me. We have an incredible team of trustees who we meet with. We actually have a meeting tonight, but we meet with regularly throughout the year uh, and they help provide oversight and advisement. They approve our budgets. Uh, And so there's just an incredible sense of accountability within our church structure to try to be good stewards of all that God entrusts to us here from finances. And so that's not all that we're talking about today, but as we started in this, I wanted you to know kind of where that lands, because there are some incredible things that through just the goodness of God and your faithfulness that God has accomplished through the local and global missions efforts of Generations Church, and so I'm thankful for that, And so here's where we're going to start. We're, we're going to start by just hitting, a, a, just kind of, I'll, I'll talk about each of our individual partners or just a specific, specific project or effort over this last year and just kind of give you a little snapshot of some of the things that took place. You'll see some videos, all the different things that we can try to capture and put into our time together. If we honestly, it's kind of like one of the gospels that says like, if we told you all the stories, like we'd be here all day. But uh, we wanted just to give you a little bit of a highlight of some of the things that were accomplished. And really to start with, we, we kind of fast forward all the, or flashback all the way back almost a year ago to kind of some of our local partners. And, and some of them are here today. And uh, last year we did a, a serve day with Cherokee Family Violence Center, and they're here today. They're in the lobby And I'd love for you on your way out today just to stop by their table and just get some information about who they are and what they do. But we held a serve day last year where we kind of helped to install some posts and the hammocks in the courtyard area there just to create a hangout space for this incredible organization that serves uh, women and families that have honestly just been been hurt. There's violence, there's abuse that's been a part of their story. And so this organization comes alongside of them. Over the last several years, you have come alongside and given some, some new kind of family packs. You've given some small appliances and some goods, and we've helped to do Christmas for some of the children. But just a, a great organization here locally, one of our local partners that uh, we were able just to try to bless with some, just some, some effort, just some kind of putting our hands in the dirt and getting, getting involved in what they're doing to create a great space. Another local uh, partner I- that's here today is Goshen Valley Uh, And Goshen Valley is uh, another place that we did a survey last year where we just assisted in a large landscaping project for two of the houses. We removed a tree. uh, We ensured the safety of of the people there, trimmed some overgrown branches, and laid down a bunch of different fabric and things just to create a, a more beautiful space for them there. And they're here today as well. You can go to the lobby and meet them. And one of the things that we want you to do is just get information about what they're doing so that you can see some amazing things that are happening in our local community and where we're always looking to partner with organizations, Uh, this year we're trying to step up the opportunity for us to be able to contribute to them financially. So when you give through Legacy Makers, and not all of these, we're going to talk about just kind of giving, 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 but when you give through Legacy Makers, it allows us to be able to partner with them and to give financial resources to them on an ongoing basis and then also for special projects. But we're glad that you're here. I think they're sitting in the back. Can we just put our hands together for some of our local partners today? (laughs) Another thing that we did kind of late last year is there were some uh, tornadoes that came through Kentucky. And so in the fourth quarter of last year, kind of early December, we were able to give financially to help with some of the cleanup effort in Kentucky. And what we try to do is you give on a regular basis. You give faithfully and uh, consistently. And many of you, you set up recurring giving to legacy makers. And so every 1st and 15th or every Friday or every Sunday or once a month, You give your tithes and your offerings, your church ministry dollars, and then you give to legacy makers. And when you do that, that allows us to be able to respond without having to wait until the next Sunday to say, hey, here's a need. Here's something that's taken place. We want to give to that. Now, sometimes we'll come to you and say, hey, we've already done something and we want to do more, so we want to collect An additional offering. But uh, last year, as soon as the tornadoes touched down in Kentucky, there were several churches that we're connected to that were impacted by those tornadoes, and so we were able to give immediately within the first six or eight hours of the devastation there, and so uh, that was something that we did. And then last December, uh, we came to you during uh, the time that we were kind of leading up to what's called our Legacy Maker Offering. That'll happen again this December. We do that annually, but we came to you with a special project that had kind of captured our heart Because we genuinely love the word of God. We love God's word. We've talked about it. We just talked about it a couple Sundays ago and kind of looking at all the various ways that God's word speaks into our heart and life. And we were grieved by the fact that there are still, I mean, hundreds of millions of people that do not have the Bible in their language, and so what we said is, you know, in some of our homes, we've got three or four or five or eight or 10 or 12 copies of the printed Bible just kind of on a bookshelf somewhere or on a coffee table somewhere. Any of us that have any type of device can download an app, and we can have the Bible in our language. If you speak English natively, you can have it in a number of different translations in our language. But so many people around the world do not have the Bible in a form that they can read or hear and understand. And so we believe that a part of one of the things that God would ask us to do is to help accomplish Bible translation. And there's an incredible organization called Illuminations, and they have banded together with a number of the the Bible printing companies and those that are translating companies and missions organizations, and they have uh, set out on an endeavor to translate the Bible into every language on the earth by the year of 2032, Now, maybe you say, well, that's a long time, or maybe you're like, wow, that's really short. It's both. It's a long time, and it's really short when you think about the number of languages and the number of people that don't yet have access to the printed or audible uh, version of God's Word. And so what we said is we want to find one of those translation projects and we want to give an amount of money that would finish one of them. Now, we want to, we want to have some kind of partnership on an ongoing basis that we can, we can give to that will maybe be a larger project and impact tons and tons and tons of people. But one of the ones that we found was an actual kind of a video and audio version of the gospel. It actually was three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, for those who were deaf in the nation of Ukraine. And so it was an opportunity for us to to give to a project where they could translate scripture into Ukrainian sign language and take the gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke and and do that sign language in their Ukrainian sign language on video to give to over 80,000 people in the nation of Ukraine. This was before all of the turmoil there. And, And so honestly, it allowed us, even before we knew some of the things that were taking place, to be a part of Kind of help planting seed in a place where there was going to be chaos, and my hope and belief is uh, that God used those efforts—not just ours, but so many other people that gave specifically to that project—to help us to plant seed in a place where it was about to be in chaos and disarray. And so last year we gave uh, just under four thousand dollars out of our legacy maker offering to help with that translation project, and then our G kids banded together around that same time, and they put together 50 boxes for Operation Christmas Child, and they sent those with all of the various goods and things that were a part of those to a number of places around the world through a great organization called Operation Christmas Child. And then we have a partner that we've had for the last few years called Casa Shalom. We've actually visited Casa Shalom. It's an orphanage in Guatemala. And regularly they have around 100 children there in this orphanage, uh, just outside of Guatemala City, Guatemala City. Say that five times real fast. And uh, but they serve these children, and the the adoption services in Guatemala is is kind of a mess, and you can only adopt Guatemalan children from if you're a native to Guatemala, so they can't be adopted internationally. And so there's a number of orphans in the nation of Guatemala. And so Casa Shalom, for a number of years, uh, has been blessing and helping these children. And uh, the directors there are Josh and Jessica Hansen. Uh, We've sent some teams to do uh, kind of ministry alongside of them. We sent a team just about a little, little over two years ago to go and put a new roof on the boys' dormitory there, because during rainy season, those boys were getting rained on. And so we were able to replace that roof through your faithful giving. But I want you to see a quick update video from Josh and Jessica, and then we'll come back.
1: in san lucas guatemala casa shalom is a home for children where kids from across the country of guatemala come to find refuge safety and love after they've been orphaned severely neglected or abused or even abandoned and at casa shalom we do everything we do centered around the love of jesus christ we provide all of the food the medical care the christ-centered therapy the education that our kids need to heal and to thrive and most importantly, we teach them from the Word of God and we introduce them to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior.
2: Over the coming months, Acosta Shalom will be a fun time for the children. Uh, the kids will be getting out of school for the school year. So the school year ends at the beginning of November and uh, they'll be out of school and have their summer vacation. They're really excited because for the first time when they go back in January, um, for the first time since 2020, the kids will be going to school full-time in person. So they're finally getting rid of uh, all their different COVID protocols. The kids have been uh, at home either full-time or part-time uh, doing their schooling for the last couple of years. So uh, not only are the kids excited, uh, but the house parents are excited as well. So um, if you could be in prayer for us about that, just pray that uh, you know the kids transition back into uh, school um, smoothly. and They you know rekindle those friendships that they had, they get along great with their teachers, all those sorts of things when they go back in January. Uh, we're also excited because teams are starting to come back so we're really excited to be hosting missions teams again and uh, are booking up trips for next uh, year already. So um, exciting things are happening at Casa Shalom um, and one of the reasons that we're able to take care of the kids that we do is because of people like you guys. And so thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your support. We love you guys. God bless.
0: The, uh, the ministry of Casa Shalom is an incredible ministry. And we ran across this statistic as we were putting some things together. I want you to look at this. This is a picture of these two women. This is Carolina and Sandra. And they are the lead cooks. And they work in the kitchen and have for over a decade. Combined, they have cooked 862,500 plates of food For the children of Casa Shalom, isn't that incredible? I mean, I just I think about these women who just think, well, I can I can cook. Uh, They don't necessarily. I I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I wouldn't necessarily think that they originally felt called to orphan work or missions work. They just like to cook, or maybe they just said yes when someone asked them if they could cook. And right in front of them was a need. And eight hundred and sixty-two thousand meals later, think of all of the children that have been impacted through their faithful service over more. Than 10 years. I'm just so thankful for the ministry of Casa Shalom and your faithfulness to give to be able to help what they're doing. One of our other partners is ARC, this is the Association of Related Churches. This is a partner that we've had since 2017, uh, and we have given to help plant churches. Uh, They have a goal of planting a life giving church in every city, and uh, so they've planted over a thousand churches thus far. And uh, just in 2022, they have planted 43 churches. There are actually two brand new churches being planted today. And, uh, and so that's incredible. And, and the, st- the statistic that I love about this is when, when you take all of those 43 churches that have already launched. So this doesn't just count today. But when you take the 43 that had already launched, just in those 43 churches, 375 people said yes to Jesus on day one of those churches. Just on the first Sunday that they gathered together. Absolutely. And so you're like, well, I'm not called to plant a church. Well, but when you give faithfully, when you're a part of this body, this family, as we give from our Legacy Maker dollars to the Association of Related Churches, you're a part of the story of those 375 people that said yes to Jesus. Another one of our partners that I love is House of Cherith, and they have recently started another organization or another endeavor out of their organization called Most. But House of Cherith is a place connected to the city of refuge in downtown Atlanta, that uh, is really passionate about helping rescue children, women, boys from the trafficking industry. Uh, There are some ridiculous numbers, like scary, just infuriating numbers uh, and statistics related to the trafficking industry. I I ran across this just from locally, uh, Fox 5 News, just a few days ago, that a month-long effort by the FBI led to the arrest of 85 individuals here in the United States charged with sex trafficking, and thankfully, they rescued 84 minors and 141 adults. The average age of those rescued was 15 and a half here in the United States, the youngest being 11 years old. During 2021, 57% of the victims of trafficking involved in criminal cases were minors. Texas, Florida, and Georgia charged the most human, human trafficking subjects last year, but now every state has what is called a serious issue with trafficking of both adults and children. This is something that we used to see on the other side of the world, and now it's right here where we live. And so House of Cherith is about rescuing those out of the trafficking industry, helping to rescue those who have been abused in some form out of that. And MOST stands for men opposed to sex trafficking, because 97% of the buyers of trafficking are men. And so this is about banding together and saying, hey, that's not all of us, and we want to stand for what's right. And so this is an organization or an endeavor out of the House of Cherith that's really trying to rally men within the business sector, those within the church sector, to say, hey, we want to help stand and be a part of the solution of a problem as well. And so we've been able to support House of Cherith over this last year and looking to increase our support. Uh, Generations Church is a denominational church. We're a part of the denomination of the Church of God. Uh, There's about 13 million members uh, around the world of the Church of God. Here in North Georgia, there's about 270 churches. And one of the ways that we partner with the Church of God when you give financially, but also beyond our finances, is, is us being able to be a part of separate events like the fall retreat that you just heard about from our Generation Youth students and youth camp and all of the various things that we're able to do here in North Georgia is to be able to to attend these events. Just this past summer, our students went and were a part of the youth camps in the early part of June and the first part of July. There were over 1,400 people that were a part of those camps that we went to, and just so many incredible stories of salvation, and 338 students were saved or rededicated their lives to Jesus Christ. And that's in testament to, uh, in part, because of you and because of congregations like us that gather together and say, hey, we want to be a part of what God's doing here in this region of north georgia but the church of god also has missionaries around the world we have 613 missionaries in 186 nations so when we gather together this is my favorite picture of missions when we gather together on a sunday in the hours preceding our gathering and in the hours after our gathering there are people all over the world who are also gathering in other places speaking other languages lifting up the name of jesus christ and i'm so thankful for that I'm thankful that we get to be a part of a larger body of what God's doing. There's 40,000 Church of God missions organizations or missions congregations outside the United States. And this year alone, this, is, this number is mind-boggling, this year alone there's been 267,000 people saved through Church of God churches and missionaries outside the United States. Can we just put our hands together again for that? And maybe you're like, man, I should have brought some pen and paper. I needed to write all these numbers down. But man, we're just thankful for all of these things because every single number is a name and a story. Every single number represents a life that's been changed through the power of Jesus Christ and through efforts of just faithful, incredible people here locally and globally just answering the call to say yes to Jesus Christ. One of those is our friend Johnny Moore. Many of you have met Johnny. He's been able to come and be a part of some services with us. He was actually here last year on Mission Sunday, and he serves in Southeast Asia, uh, and Johnny has been able to go back now, so he's there in Southeast Asia. You're gonna hear from him in just a second. But Johnny has done a great work in Thailand and then in the Philippines. He's been in in Myanmar for a season and uh, helping to raise up and to train church planters and missions workers that are native to those nations so they can go back into their own communities and their own uh, towns and do ministry there, maybe in a far more efficient way Than those coming in from the outside would be received. And so I want you to hear from Johnny, but before you hear from him, I want you to know that we advertise a lot in the late spring and early part of the summer, our Legacy Maker Golf Tournament. And we told you that we were going to raise money through that golf tournament to help sponsor a student that is in the ministry school there that Johnny's a part of, uh, that I actually have the opportunity uh, about twice a year to get on Zoom and to do some teaching and training of those Bible school students. And uh, it's amazing because they're 12 hours ahead. So I've either got to do that call about 9 or 10 o'clock at night or I got to do that call about 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning based on their schedule. And so uh, sometimes they get the best of me and sometimes they get the sleepy me. But we're just teaching and training them uh, from here uh, just the, the various things that their instructors desire for them to know to get a global perspective. But through our golf tournament, we had 83 golfers on that that day, which was an unbelievable turnout for our first first annual, and uh, as a part of those 83 golfers and all of the businesses and all of the people that sponsor, we raised over $4,300, which allowed us not just to sponsor one of those ministry students, but we were actually able to increase that. We sponsored two of those ministry students there in the Philippines, and so I want you to hear from Johnny quickly uh, just what God's doing there in Southeast Asia.
1: Greetings, Pastor Jeremy and Corey and the amazing Generations Church family. Uh, Hello from Thailand. As you can see, I'm here at our ministry center in Thailand, uh, northern part of Thailand, where we do a lot of campus outreach to, to young college students here in Thailand. And we also do some ministry training as well. But uh, I wanted to kind of give you a brief update. I'll be here in, in, in Thailand for the next several months and then I will be going on to Cambodia and the Philippines and other parts of Southeast Asia. Uh, so it is rainy season here. I'm actually got a short window where I can film this outdoors because it will start raining more. Uh, so when I want to be brief, but just one, greet you on your mission Sunday. It is so cool that you guys are doing this. Uh, I wish I could be there with you in person, but. I'm actually, I'd rather be here. I finally got to come back home here, so I'm going to try to try to stay here as long as I can until uh, I have to get back. But I wanted to say thank you for your prayers and your support and being a church that gets it and is all about the Great Commission. Uh, so you guys have been such a huge part of, of just... Supporting missions work here in in Southeast Asia and more specifically uh, the work that we've been doing in the Philippines with the golf tournament That you guys did this year uh, It helped us raise money for scholarships for two students that we will be sending to uh, help go to school and provide an education for Students that are teachers in our sidewalk Sunday school ministry in Manila, Philippines where we are reaching over 10,000 kids every single week Uh, which is unbelievable and it's through your partnership and through your donations and support. And and just, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for being a church that gets it, for being a church that is about the Great Commission, Uh, you and and I just wanna say thank you, Jeremy and Corey and all the kids uh, of the Isaacs family. You guys are, are just such a blessing and you lead by example and you're the Generations Church family. I cannot be prouder of how just amazing you are and how integral you are. In, in helping do the work of the Great Commission. So I wish I was there with you in person, but I mean, come on, this view, uh, I, I don't miss it that bad. So until next time, hopefully I'll get to be with you in person for your next Mission Sunday. But until then, I'll be praying for you guys. Pray for me. And hopefully you can come to this side of the world and, and, and visit me and, and see what we're doing alive and in person. Love you guys. God bless.
0: My favorite part of that video is when he said, I'm back here in Thailand as you can see. And I gotta be honest, it looks like Jasper. I don't really know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm supposed to recognize that landmark in Thailand or maybe I skipped that in World History Day. I <laughs> love Johnny. Did you hear the number he said though? 10,000 kids a week through Sidewalk Sunday School. That, that's unbelievable, just incredible. Praise God for that. We have a couple of other opportunities in Southeast Asia this year. You're going to hear more about this, but you heard a little bit about one of these last week, as Ken Summers shared. Uh, there's a Bible school in the Isabella province of the Philippines that has been uh, trying to raise about $40,000 to complete the construction work of that Bible school. And uh, my understanding at last count is they're about two-thirds of the way through it. They're missing about twelve to $13,000. And so one of the things that we're looking to do is to try to take a portion of our proceeds from our Legacy Makers Fund this year and invest that in that Bible school. It's also, if they haven't completed it by the time we take our Legacy Maker offering at the beginning of December, we'll try to help include that in our Legacy Maker offering so that we can help them to complete that project to train Uh, those there as a part of that Bible school. And then our missionaries in Indonesia, Tommy and Poppy Smith, uh, they have incredible, they have two specific works there in Indonesia. One is Poppy's Kitchen that through two feeding centers, they serve hot meals to about 600 children every single week And then they have a Christmas outreach where they're able to invest and bless about 2,000 underprivileged children there in Indonesia. And so uh, you're a part of that work, we're a part of that work, and I'm just thankful for that. I got two more quick ones. One, just our partnerships here with local schools in this local community. Uh, Through your faithfulness this year, we've been able to give gifts to teachers. We've been able to buy some school supplies for underprivileged children that weren't able to provide those school supplies for themselves. Really, even after school started, some teachers came to us and said, hey, we've got some kids in our classes. They don't have what they need any way that Generations Church could partner, and we didn't have to come back to you. Your faithfulness, we were able to say yes to that need and meet that need as quickly as we could. I'm thankful for that. And then just some partnerships through teams and groups and events at Cherokee, at Sequoia, at Dean Rusk, at Hasty. And through Reinhardt University's FCA, just being able to say yes every single time that we possibly could to invest in just the fertile soil of those places here so that Generations Church can be investing in the next generation. And then our newest partner is uh, Way Church in Nashville. This is Noah and Maddie Heron. They are friends of ours, have been for a number of years, and God's laid it on their heart to go and plant a church in downtown Nashville. And so uh, this video is about as fresh as it can possibly be. Like the video you're about to see, they were standing by the U-Haul truck about three days ago. They got to Nashville, got the keys to their house on Friday. And so this is brand new. But they are moving to Nashville, have moved to Nashville now to build a team, to plant a church in Nashville in 2023. So I want you to see this quick update, and then we'll come back and close our time together.
3: Yo, what's going on? My name's Noah Heron. This is my wife, Maddie, and our 10-month-old son, Lion. Say hi. And we are so excited because literally today, as soon as we finish filming this video, we are getting in our cars and moving to Nashville, Tennessee to start a brand new church called Way Church. We are so excited. This has been something that we've been dreaming about doing for years now. We've been praying, seeking wise counsel, and we really feel like God is calling us to the city of Nashville to start a church that shows lost people that there is actually a better way through the person of Jesus. Uh, We're so grateful for your church, for Generations Church, for your pastors, Pastor Jeremy and Corey Isaacs. You guys, you might not even know this, you have already started pouring in and sowing seed into our future church. Mm -hmm. This could not happen without you guys. We just wanted to film a little video saying hello, introducing ourselves as well, as giving a little update on how you could be praying for us as we start this journey today.
2: So
0: our first prayer is, of course, we want the city of Nashville to come to know Jesus. Um, Secondly, our team. As our team is growing, um, they're sacrificing a lot as well. They're moving from different states. They have families. And so just praying for them along this journey is huge. And then thirdly, we still have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of financial things that need taken care of buildings, equipment, all of that that goes
2: into this. We're still praying and believing that God's gonna provide the whole way.
3: Yes, so thank you so much, Generations Church. We're gonna be in touch throughout this process. We are so grateful for your prayers. We're so thankful to have family in Georgia. We love you guys, and we'll talk
0: to you soon. So I want you to be in prayer for the Herons, and uh, this is just a week of transition, but even beyond this week, just as they, they do have their team moving to Nashville, and those that they come in contact with there in Nashville, that they are able to, to get to join this team for the work that they believe God's called them to. And we're excited to walk this first year and perhaps beyond with them in this endeavor. Uh, and so, so many incredible things. You, you've seen and, and, and heard some great things. And, and I probably moved too quickly through parts of it and probably too slowly through other parts. But all of these various things take a lot of effort but they also take money. And so I, I'm not asking you for money, okay? So you've already given faithfully. I want to brag on you and the faithfulness of God for just a moment and give you a few numbers that are honestly a little bit mind-boggling to me. Uh, missions giving, before they throw this up, missions giving in the first five years of our church from 2012 2012, all the way to 2017 or so was about $77,000 total, which is still awesome. I mean, I'm not not minimizing that, but that was about five years. Let me just tell you what you've done this last year. So over the last 12 months, from September last year through the end of August this year, you have given $90,829.59 for ministry outside the walls of this church. Can we put our hands together and thank God for that? So then if you kind of backtrack a little bit beyond the last 12 months, and you just go back to maybe March of 2020, when COVID caused the churches to kind of close up shop for a little while, and we were trying to figure out what that new norm and new reality was, you know, a lot of churches thought, well, hey, we're going to have to slow down ministry. We're going to have to kind of, you know, kind of compartmentalize a little bit of what we do. Let me just tell you what you've done since March of 2020. Together, we've given $172,353 just since March of 2020 through now. And then here's here's a crazy number. I told you what it was just in the first five years. So if you put all of these pieces together from 2012 when we first launched in Sequoia High School all the way through the end of August, we have collectively given $415,196.11 to ministry outside the walls of this church. So Garrett and I have been talking. That just tells us that if we continue to do what we've been doing, And we ask God to help us to accomplish even more than we've been doing. Our goal is at some point in 2023, we're going to get to stand here and tell you that we've surpassed a half a million dollars given away to ministry. And that's just the beginning. It's like, oh, when we get to that, we stop. No way, right? That's just the beginning of what we're asking God to do in and through the ministries of Generations Church. So let's go. We want to be strategic. We want to be intentional. We want to be responsive because we know that there are needs right around us. And if you go to your Bible in Luke chapter 7, I'm going to preach about as fast as I can possibly preach. Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17, it says this. It says, Soon afterward, Jesus went to the town of Nain, accompanied by his disciples and a large crowd. Jesus, as he arrived at the gate of the town, a funeral procession was coming out. The dead man was the only son of a woman who was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, his heart was filled with pity for her, and he said to her, Don't cry. And then he walked over and touched the coffin, and the men carrying it stopped. And Jesus said, young man, get up, I tell you. And the dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. And they all were filled with fear and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to save his people. This news about Jesus went out through all the country and the surrounding territory. I want to give you four quick things that I see in this story about these kinds of meetings. The first is this, the schedule of a meeting. The schedule of meeting. What we read is that it says just as he arrived at the gate of the town, a funeral procession was coming out. Here's what we know. Needs don't always happen on our timeline. They don't always happen in our schedule, and when we think it's appropriate, Jesus hadn't gotten settled yet. He hadn't eaten anything yet. He hadn't decided where he was going to stay for the night. He just shows up, and the need presents itself right in front of him. Things don't happen on our schedule. A few years ago, Corey and I went on a cruise and we decided we had cruised out of florida a couple of times we decided hey we're going to cash in some sky miles and we're going to fly out to the west coast we're going to catch a boat out there and we we spent a few days it was it was awesome but we get on that boat and as we're on that boat one night we're just kind of hanging out around the deck there around the hot tub we get down in the hot tub and we're just there's some other people around there if you've ever been on a cruise ship you know the hot tubs about as big as that water bottle right there and so there's two women that come and get in the hot tub and we can tell they have had a good night. You understand what I'm saying? And so we're just standing there, we're talking, and I'm thinking, okay, it's about time for us to get out of this hot tub. Like, I don't think this is big enough for the four of us, especially the two. I mean, there was they were having a good, good time. And one of the women asked me that question that always just ends all conversation. She said, Hey, what do you do for a living? I was like, I'm a cruise ship director. I didn't know what to say. I just <clears throat> she, I said, I'm a pastor. Let me just tell you, they sobered up real fast, <laughs> real fast, and one of those ladies started crying. She started crying, and here's what we learned about their story. One of these ladies was the friend, and her best friend was on what they called her anniversary. She had just gotten divorced, a ton of hurt, a ton of pain, a ton of uncertainty about the future, and so they just decided, let's go have a good time and forget all of our troubles until they happened to get in a hot tub with a pastor and his wife. <laughs> I just wanted to hang out with Corey. I don't, I don't know what was happening, and it wasn't on my schedule. Honestly, I, I remember we had just said, hey, you want to go get some soft-serve ice cream after this? I mean, it's 24 hours a day. It's like heaven on earth. And so I wasn't thinking this was about to be a moment. The schedule of a meeting like that doesn't always match our timeline, but through a lot of conversation... And just really listening and asking questions, this woman admitted some things that she had done wrong and some things that the Lord was dealing with her about in her heart and her life and through the course of about an hour and a half, I feel like the Lord did an amazing healing work in her heart and she responded to the gospel and she asked me if I would baptize her in that hot tub. That was the first for me. I I mean, I've done a lot. I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. And I baptized her right there in that hot tub on the back deck of that cruise ship. And then I went and got some soft serve ice cream. I felt like I'd earned it. But the, the meetings don't always happen on our schedule. And what it requires of us is that we are always looking. That we're always open to what God might be doing right in front of us. The second thing that I see is the feeling of a meeting. The feeling of a meeting. It says, when the Lord saw her, his heart was filled with pity for her and he said to her don't cry we we give and we serve but we don't do so out of obligation our hearts are moved with compassion, not that there are 10,000 children a week being ministered to in sidewalk Sunday school or 2,000 kids being, uh, that are underprivileged being met at a Christmas outreach or 600 kids being fed through Poppy's Kitchen or all of the various work of Goshen and all of the various work of the Cherokee Family Violence Center and the efforts in the local schools and the churches being planted in Nashville and literally around the world. No, no, no. It comes out of a heart to say, where are there hurting people and what can I do about it? We're moved with compassion, which we see in Jesus here. We have a sense of urgency and we desire to live on mission and we empathize to the best of our ability. Empathy doesn't say that I feel what you feel, but it says I'm going to stand here while you feel it and make sure you don't feel it by yourself. I'm going to do everything I can to partner with you in this moment. The feeling of a meeting should move us to compassion. But there are some times that we can do something. We don't just stand there and feel something. There's also the power of a meeting says, he walked over and he touched the coffin and the men carrying it stopped. And Jesus said, young man, get up, I tell you. The dead man sat up and began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Don't allow the fact here that this is the son of God raising a man from the dead to cause you to go, well, I can't do that. What can you do about the needs that are right in front of you? Let me tell you one right now. You heard it on the video. You probably tuned it out. Pastor Madeline on the video screen just a few minutes ago told you some incredible news. Our G Kids ministry is growing. We've got a lot of new families and a lot of new kids and it's exciting, but we need some new people to join that team. It's not a crisis. It's not like, oh my goodness, the sky is falling and we can't, we're going to do amazing ministry every single time we gather, but we want to do more ministry and we want to do better ministry. And we know that as the Lord continues to bring people in, we're going to need to open new environments and we're going to need to have more and more people in each of those classrooms to serve those children and to check those families in we want you to consider right now <clears throat> being a part of our G Kids G Team. The best way for you to do it is to jump into Discovery Track. Again, it's today, it also is next month, but there's a need right in front of you. <clears throat> I just told you about it. What are we going to do to make sure that that team has everything necessary to invest in the next generation? The fourth thing that I see in this story is the purpose of a meeting the purpose. There's a schedule, there's a feeling, there's a power, <clears throat> but there's a larger purpose. It says they were all filled with fear and praised God. And this news about Jesus went out through all the country and the surrounding territory. There are incredible efforts all over the world to meet the physical needs of people who need a physical need met. And we want to be a part of those things. But we also want to be a part of the larger work that we believe we're called to as followers of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus tells us that when we shine the light, our good deeds should cause others to glorify the Father in heaven. We recognize that we're called to give a cup of cold water in His name. It's what we're called to do. And as a part of the Great Commission, which you heard Johnny Moore say about just a few minutes ago from that field in Jasper, Thailand, he said, I'm thankful for a church that's committed to the Great Commission. The Great Commission says that we would go not just into Canton and not just into Cherokee County, but we would go into all the world and we would go to make disciples and we would baptize those disciples in the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit of God. It's what we're called to do. It's what we're called to be. In Acts chapter 1, when the Holy Spirit comes, that they're called in their mission field to start in Jerusalem, to go to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem is right here where we're at. It's where you're going to eat today. And Judea is right around us. And Samaria is the extension of maybe this larger region of the United States. And then to literally go to the ends of the world because there is a purpose to these unscheduled meetings that conjure up a feeling in us. And through the power of God, we can meet a need that's far beyond just the temporal need that's right in front of us. We start there, but there's a larger purpose to what we've been called to do. So let's commit together that this year we're going to live like it matters in local and global missions in the relationships around us. And here's my mantra for this. This is what I'm going to try my best to live by. And I invite you to to join me in this endeavor. See a need, meet a need. See a need, meet a need. It can be really big. It can be really, really small. But just saying, God, I'm I'm just available to whatever it is that you would have me to do. See a need, meet a need. One of the financial ways we're gonna do that is we're gonna take our legacy offering, December the 11th. We'll start talking to you in a few weeks about what those efforts are going to be beyond just what we've already talked about today, our current partners, some new things that we wanna do. But we're gonna see a need, meet a need. And you can begin giving to legacy makers now beyond the finances, what are the things that are going on around me, the relationships in my life, the people that live on my street, the kids on my teams and the kids in my classrooms and the people that live in my home? See a need, meet a need. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Nobody's looking around. Just a moment of response as we pray together before we take communion today. If you would say to me, Jeremy, for me, I am not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I heard great numbers and great stories But I am not myself in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to change that today. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you. You can put it right down. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And now if you would say to me, Jeremy, for me, I want to commit myself to see a need, meet a need. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? My hands up. So many hands today. God, I thank you for a group of people that have made themselves available to say yes to you. God, we thank you for those who are making decisions to enter into relationship with you today. And God, I pray that you would help us to say yes to you every chance that we get. And so God, as we commit ourselves to see a need and meet a need, sometimes that's financial. Sometimes that's an investment of time and energy. God, sometimes it's just pausing long enough to have a conversation. But Lord, even if it's unscheduled, even if it's not on our timeline, would we be moved to compassion, filled with, with a sense of empathy to try to make sure that we connect to the person standing right in front of us? Would we recognize the power that's available to us, through us, because of who you are? And would we fulfill the great purpose of meetings just like that? God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.